Hey, I'm Jen Tsui. I'm a certified life coach on a mission to guide women in doing the deep inner work necessary to liberate their true selves and create the incredible life they dream of living. This is the Fantastical Life Podcast. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to the Creating Fantastical Life Podcast. It's Jen, and today I have an episode for you that I alluded to in the last episode on my shroom trip. So we're going to talk all about three strategies to master to become unafraid in life. And if you remember in the last episode, I mentioned how it's possible that you can just be unafraid. And if you follow me on Instagram, then you might have seen my reel about how to be unafraid. And I mentioned three strategies there that we're going to go into a deep dive here today. And I'm also going to talk to you about two prerequisites that's required for you to be able to be unafraid. Now, you can also replace unafraid with like unfuckwithable, uh, which is also one of my favorite words. And we've talked about this back in the 12 days of breakthroughs. So if you go through the podcast, you can um, see like how to be unfuckwithable as one of the episodes to, to dive into as well, if this kind of resonates with you. Now, before we begin, I just really want to hone in on why this is so important because I don't think a lot of us are necessarily consciously aware of all of our fear triggers. And a lot of times, too, when we do recognize that we're afraid of something, it's very surface level. It's like, okay, yeah, your fear of rejection or fear of failure or fear of what people will think. But that doesn't get to the heart of why that's so painful to the point where your nervous system has created um, this connection between, for example, somebody saying no to you or somebody talking behind your back perhaps or a little mistake that you make on your paper at work or at school. Even to the point where like posting on social media, for example, if you have a business and you want to grow on socials, like that can be such a fear trigger for so many people because it's like the fear of being seen. And you might have heard these like umbrella terms, right? The fear of failure, fear of being seen, all these things. But what does that really mean for you and understanding how has that become such a deep rooted, deep seated fear in your psyche? that it stops you from living the life that you actually want to live from doing the things that you actually want to do and instead create this illusion of this barrier that actually the fear is not worth it and you don't actually want to do that thing because you're afraid right and that fear is a really good reason to not do something so that's what we want to explore today and when you explore that when you get to the heart of why is something so painful why is something so fearsome that we avoid doing anything that makes us really afraid, right? And why we only allow ourselves to get like so vulnerable or so connected before the fear kicks in. Um, That's really going to help you unlock the next steps for you to get closer with yourself, to get this deeper intimacy, this deeper understanding, to do the inner work of like, um, you know, tending to your nervous system and claiming what you really want in life and being able to be unafraid so that you can go out and do things. It's really infuriating how limited we make ourselves because of fear. It's a low vibrational energy that's created by shitty ass thoughts and beliefs and conditionings that 
I think at one point in our lives probably kept us alive right as cavemen and stuff like if you want to be accepted by the tribe or like don't go out in the dark or like you know stay small stay in like your spot don't migrate right um but it is in this age most of it and for probably a long time it has just been illusory bs it's this veil keeping us small it's another way that we can also use um, our life to victimize ourselves because we think fear is a concrete reason to not be ourselves, to not try to do something, to not go explore something. And it's also a reason why we tell ourselves, like, you know, it's not okay to tell someone how we honestly feel. It's not okay to set a boundary with an energy stuck of a person, that it's not okay that we believe that we can actually be successful as an artist, as a creator, as an influence, as a coach, as a comedian, etc., etc., etc. And through this episode, I really want to have you take away like what you need to see, to identify the truths of your life, of what it is that you really want, and to let those truths and let that version of your life that you want to experience, that desire, let that be greater than your fears. So a little overview first of the three strategies that we're going to touch upon today that all combine to allow you to be unafraid. That is to name it, right? To know what you're afraid of and develop the courage to do the thing anyways. We're gonna talk about worst case scenarios then. And number three, genuine self-confidence. And we'll dive really deep into that one as well. But before those, the two prerequisites that is required to become unafraid. Those two things are one, to be able to feel your feelings, especially feel your fear and actually process them. And then two, to be able to tend to your nervous system. These two are so important for you to safely face fear and actually allow it in. What happens is if you try to implement any of these three strategies, right? If you try to just be self-confident, if you try to go straight into like understanding what the worst case scenario is and trying to make peace with that, and you haven't learned how to tend to your nervous system to you know, process that like fight, flight, freeze, fawn response and know what your triggers, like where you tend to lean towards and like notice the signs of it, you know, noticing your heart rate go up, noticing your tendency to want to just apologize, you know, right off the bat wanting to, you know, whatever it is. Like if you haven't been able to do that work yet to identify how is it that you react in a stressed state where you have this trauma response, then you're not going to be able to effectively actually overcome fear. The image that's kind of coming to my mind right now is like fear is this obstacle, right? That feels like it's really like nailed into the ground. And if you haven't developed the strength and the stamina to like jump over that hurdle, right? Or climb up that hill or whatever, whatever kind of visual comes to mind that feels aligned with that. If you haven't developed the skill set to be able to jump over that hurdle, then you're going to just crash into it, right? And it's gonna it's gonna hurt, or you won't have the energy to actually move past the hill, and then you're just going to like be stuck in it. So let's break both of those down. First, being able to feel your fears and process them, and feeling your feelings in general. So. What this looks like is being able to identify what is the actual emotion that's going through your body because 
I think there's a lot of rhetoric around how fear is just like a, a figment of our imagination. And while that's kind of true, and we're going to talk, talk about that today, the other thing is like tr- there is such a thing as true nervous system fear, right? Because we are in a physical body and we are just constrained by that, right? That's just a limit that we have to accept that we need to play in and learn how to improvise with, right? Is that we have a human body. And with a human body, we have a human brain, which is mostly made up of the same thing as like any other animal. (laughs) Why do you have this lizard brain that's really good at survival and keeping us safe, keeping us alive. So that's where the fight, flight, freeze, fawn response comes in. And that fawn response is like that people pleasing response that um, has been actually socialized and conditioned throughout the the, the eras, um, especially in women, where it's, you know, kind of is this tribal mentality of you don't want to burn any bridges. You don't want to make anyone feel bad. If somebody, you know, blames you for something, you got to take responsibility and make them feel better, right? If you had an abusive parent or whatever, managing their emotions. If you're a manager, managing your employees' emotions, managing partner emotions, and like also managing your own, right? It's like trying to reach everyone's expectations as well. That has been a socialized thing for the most part. The other three are just built into our bodies, right? We see a lion, we want to go and fight it, or we want to run away. Or we freeze and hope that it doesn't see us. So this goes through in like modern day in everything from like someone says something to you, you want to like yell right back, right? That's the fight response. Or you want to like completely, you get an email and you want to completely ignore it, right? Because it feels like they're accusing you of something. Um, Or you hear like the ding go off for your emails and you immediately like freeze and you you can't really do anything. You can't even bring yourself to open the computer, right? Or you're like waiting for grades and you just like can't even get yourself to open the link. You're just so like stuck and like frozen with fear. That's kind of how it shows up in modern day. So being able to recognize those stress responses is really important. And understanding, you know, when you're not in this super heightened aware state, where you're in this like very hypervigilant, like always in fight or flight, freeze, fawn response. Like when you're in a calm, chill, like state that you can actually identify and like go back and evaluate, okay, what was it that made you afraid? What was it that, um, you know, really triggered you, that really bothered you that through there you can see like the beliefs come up of, oh, I was afraid that my boss was going to fire me. Oh, I was afraid that, if I said no, then this guy wouldn't like me. He wouldn't want to go on a second date with me. I was afraid that, you know, if I saw my grade come up on the screen, then I wouldn't be able to handle it if it was bad. And I would be really afraid of what would come after, like what the future has to hold. So I wanted to kind of freeze in this moment and stay in this like unknown because that felt safer, right? That's the type of awareness that you get when you allow yourself to be still and calm down and reflect. But a lot of times what happens is we are in this fight or flight state, um, we're in this trauma response or stress response, and then maybe we, hopefully we like get over it, right? But then we just kind of move on or we don't fully actually get a chance to close that, that trauma loop 
that stress loop where we don't actually get to finish processing it and shake it off of our bodies, right? Where we're like, okay, we're okay now. Like we dealt with the stressor, the stressor is gone now. And now we can like kind of relax, shake our bodies, move our bodies, take a deep breath, whatever it is, and then go back to our regular lives. All right, so then we either get stuck or we kind of figure it out and then end up just moving on without evaluating. And this is where I want to bring in that awareness of like, actually, you don't have to do this every single time, obviously, but if you really want to develop your skill set of being able to be unafraid and just take action when you feel like it, when like really being able to do what you want without that lag time in between of like kind of hyping yourself up, whether that's weeks or years or even like hours, right? To hype yourself up to do something you want to be able to just go, then this is the type of work that's really going to help you get there is to be aware every time that you get into this like stress response to be able to identify okay well what was it that made you afraid right after you've dealt with it after you've tended to your nervous system be able to go through and see like what is it that made you afraid and process that because that's gonna show like disappointment right what you're really afraid of like if you fail for example is like the disappointment right? Maybe you would shame yourself. Maybe you would criticize yourself. Maybe other people would criticize you. Maybe you feel like everyone else is judging you, right? And the reason why those things are so painful is because it hits at your worthiness, right? It hits at this like trauma that you experienced when you were a kid and like when you were bullied and you don't feel like you're enough. You don't feel like you belong. You don't feel like you belong at work. You don't feel like you belong in your friend group. You don't feel like you belong in your family. You feel like rejected by everyone. You feel like you don't belong in society, right? You don't feel like you're you're doing a good job at living life, of being successful and all these things, right? It's It hits at all those things, but on the surface, it seems like, oh, you're just afraid of rejection. It's like, okay, but why would that be so painful? Because if somebody that you didn't know were to be like, oh, I don't want you to come to my birthday party because I don't even know you, you probably would be like, I I didn't even want to go to your birthday party. I don't even know you, right? But if it's like, oh, your best friend or someone that you think is like a really good friend of yours and it's like, oh, I, you know, you didn't get an invite to their birthday party. It's like, oh my gosh, rejection, right? And it's not just FOMO. It's not just whatever it goes like seven layers deeper. So it's finding out what those seven layers deeper means for you, why that's so painful, and then being able to bring awareness to it through thought work, through um, you know tending to yourself, through self-compassion and all that stuff in order to get a good baseline so that moving forward, you can be unafraid of those situations so that you're not afraid of like be yourself or to talk to somebody or confront somebody, you know, to set boundaries, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so once you've identified what you're really afraid of, being able to feel and process them really looks like identifying it where this emotion shows up in your body. So let's use that example of disappointment, right? Because that's a really big one. Um, A lot of times we're afraid of failing or afraid of judgment because we don't want to be disappointed in ourselves. We don't want to be disappointed with the results, right? Disappointment comes when your reality literally just doesn't match your expectations. And that can be a really painful experience. So can we make room for us to actually just sit with and feel the pain to allow ourselves to cry or to, um, you know, mope around about it and to really sit with, holy shit, I thought this was going to work and it didn't work, right? Like people didn't respond the way I wanted to respond and that's, that's painful when we put all this work into something and it didn't show up the way that we wanted to, right? Or the circumstances change. 
So instead of trying to either fix that feeling, right, fix it, like, which typically comes from the shame, right, of like, oh, this shouldn't have happened, or like, oh, you are obviously not good enough, right, you got to figure this out, um, and wanting to immediately fix for that emotion, right, we're trying to solve to not feel disappointment, we want to feel successful instead. When you get into that energy, you're not actually letting that feeling move through the body and release it, you're just building on top of it, right? So if you think of a, of a, I don't know, golf ball. <laughs> I don't know why that's what it came up. I was trying to think of a sphere and something with a core. I guess you could also imagine the earth or some other like physical solid ball. <laughs> but at the core of it, right, is like that first emotion, that truest emotion of what you experienced from that situation. So a situation where let's say like you have a business and you're like launching it and nobody you get crickets right you're talking about it nobody's responding nobody's buying okay at the root of that is going to be the feeling of disappointment probably now that's the core of this ball what a lot of us do is we wrap that with shame and criticism Right? So we, we shit on ourselves, we feel really terrible about ourselves, we make it mean that we're never going to be successful, that nobody likes us, that we're not valuable, that we need to do more to prove to other people to that we are good enough, that we can help them, blah, 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 blah. So then we wrap this disappointment with shame. And then we wrap this disappointment and shame with this doing of trying to fix for this emotion, right? Because we want to feel successful. So then we like, okay, maybe we wrap it with motivation and we wrap it with more fear. Like fear of not being successful means X, Y, Z. And so then let's motivate ourselves using that fear to do more, to try and like experiment with more things, to, you know, evaluate and all those things. And at the surface level, right, if you just looked at that, if you just looked at, okay, you're motivated to try more, to run a different experiment, to try to sell it again, but maybe in a different way, to maybe try out a different product or service or whatever, right? If you just to the surface, you'd be like, oh, that's fine, you're motivated. But when you go deeper, you see like, actually that was rooted in fear. And when you see what goes deeper than that, then you see, well, that was actually rooted in this belief of yourself that you are not enough unless you succeed in a certain way or you can't let yourself relax and be comfortable and you can't feel safe in your ability to survive unless you make money from this specific product and this specific service from these people, right? You need other people's money to validate your enoughness and your value and contribution to society. And when you go deeper than that, then you get the clean emotion of like just what what happened, right? It's just It's just fact. Like you didn't get what you wanted and your body felt disappointed, right? That was just the fact. And that is completely neutral. Like negative, quote, negative emotions are actually just neutral. They're just emotions. They're just what happens to us because we are a human living in this human body with a human brain within these constructs and we have human desires and egos and stuff like that, right? Okay, so then you have the disappointment. And if you can just sit and process that disappointment, right? And you don't let yourself get into this shame cycle and try to like fix it right away, right? Or try to change that emotion and literally just process that disappointment. You get, you find so much freedom and you save so much time and so much energy by not fighting yourself and not fighting your literal physio physiology of what's going on. 
and then you're able to move on to the next thing, right? So it's like you let that core of that sphere be this really small little bead of disappointment. You feel it, you process it, instead of letting it grow into this huge, huge ash sphere that's wrapped in all these complex emotions that you have to tear at all these layers before you get to disappointment, right? It's like nip it at the butt. Just let yourself feel. Don't put a timeline on it. Don't put a like, you have to feel better by this time because you have to be working, right? You have to be productive, right? Don't get into that cycle and just let yourself carry that feeling and tell and, and feel it and process it and let it literally like shit out your body. <laughs> I guess that's like the only way that I can really explain it is like once it's ready to like be released, just trust your body to release it. You can also do things to help you process and release like breathing, like meditating, like exercising, like crying, like whatever self-care activities help you tend to your body, tend to that nervous system. Like those are the activities that you want to do at those times, not like push through it. I have a whole other episode on the human experience of feeling your feelings, episode number 23. So if you want to go back to that and listen to kind of go deeper into that specific idea of feeling your feelings, you can go listen to that. Okay, so the part that I hadn't really touched on too much was the tending to your nervous system part. Um, What that means is noticing your triggers. Uh, So knowing that true fear is built in the body, okay, and... That means that you will have physical symptoms when you are stressed, when you're in fear states. So check out what your mind is doing. Like you can even make a symptom list, right? Of what does fear really feel like? And you can do this in real time if you bring up, for example, if you have a goal that you want to hit, right? Um, And you think of all the obstacles that are in the way or like whatever's stopping you, if there is something that's stopping you from doing those things, even though, and this is sneaky, because you might have things that are stopping you that you're afraid of, but your brain's presenting it to you as just fact, right? Like, oh no, like there's nothing stopping me, but I just need to make more money first. Oh, there's nothing stopping me, but you know, I just want to lose 10 pounds first. Oh, there's like nothing stopping me. I just don't feel like it right now, even though I know that eventually I wanna do this thing, right? And it's like, now is not the right time. It's really interesting if you actually let yourself explore, like, why isn't right now the right time, right? When will be the right time? How will you know when the right time is? And not just like, oh, it'll be a feeling of like, it'll just click. Because the thing with fear is that that doesn't work. Um, When you are really connected to your intuition, it can be like that where you just know because you have that, that feeling, that clear sentience of just knowing and feeling like it's right in your body. But the thing is, if you have always been conditioned with fear, if you are like, you know, haven't done all this like self-awareness work to understand what is like your truth versus what is somebody else's truth, what is your conditioned desire versus your true desire, then that quote knowing that people are searching for to know if it's just the right decision for them might be coming from their brain and not their soul. So be careful with that because it will stop you, right? It's like fear masking itself. Again, how fear is illusion. It's fear masking itself as just like logic or just like it's not the right time or you know, you just don't feel like this is this is the right thing yet. So question that, like question like when is the right time? Um, how would you know? 
what is enough money? How will you know, um, you know, that you will feel safe, right? Because with money, a lot of times it's not about the money. It's about safety. It's about security. It's about being able to have the confidence that whatever you're investing in, that you're going to be able to actually like get the value that you want out of that, but you don't question like what the value is, right? You're not necessarily questioning, well, what do you think is going to be valuable? How are you going to get the value that you want out of it? What is it that you even want out of it? And do you think you can achieve that? Because that's going to be a much better question that leads you to deeper intimacy and truth than just, um, oh, you know, it's expensive and I need more money. It's like, okay, sure. Sure, that can be part of it, right? You can literally just not have the current funds for it and want to do something. But question like, yeah, question that first. Like, do you even want this thing? If money was no object, would you want to do this thing? If time was no object, would you want to do this thing and why? Right? Why is that important? Why do you want it? What do you think you will get out of it? And why will that be valuable? Like, how are you going to get your investment back into something? I mean, I'll talk from a personal experience. When I first hired my hypnotherapist for the first round, you know, I was struggling with a lot of money beliefs specifically and getting really clear and knowing like, okay, is this my clear intuition or is this like socialized beliefs or fears or all these other things that I think are just like true, but I can feel that they aren't really true, right? So I wanted to get support in that. And I think, I mean, honestly, it's it's been a while. <laughs> I don't even think about like the money anymore because I just know it was so worth it. I think it was like $1,200 or $1,500, something like that for like two months. And it was like two, two like hypnotherapy sessions and then like two coaching sessions essentially. And I remember at the time I was like not really making much money in my business at all. That was probably making like one to $2,000 a month. Um, and which is like fine, but like at the time I felt like really scarce, right? I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so much money and I'm going to have to pull out my savings. Like, you know, that I have been saving for like other things. And the thing is like, I knew that my brain wanted to make it about the money, but it wasn't about the money. Right. It was about like, well, do you think that this is actually going to work for you? Right. And a lot of times you will not know. <laughs> honestly you will not know so you just either have to trust yourself and this is why it's important to like also find somebody that you vibe with if you're gonna work with someone because you're gonna have to trust them too right it's like you're shooting yourself in the foot if you don't trust them if you're someone who's like oh i need to like you know you have to earn my trust and like you know i have to know that you're going to like be able to do, like hold up your end of the bargain before I trust you. Like that's fucking bullshit. Like <laughs> don't come anywhere near me. I do not like that energy. I do not vibe with that energy because that is you shooting yourself in the foot, waiting for someone else to act a certain way to do something before you take responsibility for what you have control over. So that's essentially what I was doing at the time. And I basically just decided that I was going to trust her she's literally a professional right and so i was like i'm just gonna trust her i like her vibe i met with her you know did a consultation and i was like i just really like her energy and then for me it was like well how am i gonna make sure that i get what i want out of it 
And it was identifying, okay, well, what I want is I want a better relationship with money. I want to feel a lot more relaxed around it. I don't want to feel all this scarce all the time. I don't want to fight with my partner about like, you know, money or anything like that. I don't want to have any issues with receiving money. I don't want to have issues with charging for my services. You know, that's like what I want. I want that's like solid confidence that it's not about the money, that it's about all these other things. And that was you know, really illuminating because it helped me get to the next step of the better of another better question than just like, how do I make the money? I don't have the money right now, <laughs> which was what am I going to do to make sure that I get my values worth? Right. What am I going to do to make sure that I get those results? Because that's the value of it. Right. It's what you're going to get out of it. And people don't realize that you actually have a lot more control than you think. And so for me, it was like, OK, well, I know um, after the session, She's going to give me this recording that I'm going to have to listen to every single day um, for like three weeks or something. And so for me, I get to make sure that I make time for it, that I prioritize actually like doing this work outside of somebody else. And I see this in coaching, too, where clients that I've seen have like the greatest results are the ones who are self-motivated to also do their own work outside of our sessions. Right. And the ones who. I don't want to say like struggle more necessarily, but the ones who I think it takes multiple sessions coaching on the same thing, which is not a problem. Sometimes that's just like what you need and like, you know, I'll meet you where you're at. So that's that's totally fine. But if you're getting frustrated with having to coach on the same thing every single time, um, what I see is that there's this underlying thing of like you you don't believe that you actually can make change outside of the sessions like by yourself. And that is in itself something to explore and something that I always push my clients to is like to the sovereignty where you can really show up for yourself and be accountable for your results while also obviously using me as a resource and using the session to like to help you create what it is that you want. So yeah, that's essentially what I was doing as I, I peeled back the layers of like what was the actual fear right where my brain was presenting as like it could have easily just been my brain being like oh you don't have the money right or it's, it's too expensive and that's why you're not doing it right it's not like you're afraid of anything it's just too expensive and it's like no bitch <laughs> there's obviously fears if it is if it's something that you want and you're not doing it 99% of the time it's because there's a fear if you truly truly want something and you're not doing it if there's no progress towards it if there's like you know, not like if it's, if you think about it and it's not just like love and desire, there's probably fear attached to it. So question those things. Okay. And just the last thing I will say on this is to create the safety, it is going to require you to be rooted in your current state, your presence. It is going to be mindfulness, right? Of reeling yourself in of like, okay, after you've identified your mind is racing when you're in the seer state, your heart's beating really fast, you feel like you can't really breathe, you feel really constricted, your muscles feel really tight, you don't really feel like yourself, right? Then it's noticing those um, bodily responses when these things occur so that you know immediately, okay, it's time for me to leave, right? I'm going to, I need to remove myself from the situation. I don't care if it's like you have to go to the bathroom for like, you know, 30 minutes to just sit and breathe and like touch the ground or like go outside and literally like take off your shoes, take off your socks and like feel the ground to root yourself, to imagine like roots growing out of your feet, to imagine Mother Earth hugging you, right? If it's to go and like run to the bedroom, close the door and like punch out a pillow, like and scream into it, it's to be able to deepen that neural pathway of like, okay, I feel like fear, 
um, I feel like the stress response in my body, um, time to go relieve it. Instead of, I feel this stress response, time to like mask it and um, fix it or try to like avoid it or try to change it. It's like, actually, no, you go tend to it, right? Don't push yourself, don't push your nervous system past the brink of safety um, because it is already triggered. You're just gonna make it worse. Go actually, like go heal it, go tend to it. All right, I did not expect to go so deep into those things. I love that I did. I hope that those are all really helpful. And now let's get into the three strategies to become unafraid and therefore unfuckwithable. So the first thing was to know what you're afraid of and develop to do the thing anyways. So slightly different from what we were just talking about, about the prerequisite of being able to identify and like feel your fe feel your fears and identify your fe fears. It goes a step further of if you know how to do the nervous system safety part, right? then you can have the option to see i am afraid of rejection because i am afraid of what people are going to say and therefore um question my own worthiness and you're going to be like okay well i know that i'm worthy right or i have a strong belief that there is a possibility that i can be worthy even without people's validations so i'm just going to go do the thing anyways right I'm just going to choose to let my fear be there, right? And not make a decision from fear. I'm going to make a decision from courage because courage can only be present if there is fear, okay? That's how you be courageous. That's how you be brave. That's how you become resilient is because there's fear present. It's because there's things that you're like worried about or stressed about. And then you're like, fuck it. I'm going to do it anyways. Okay, so you notice that Yes, if you post on social media, there's going to be like maybe creepy men who or like really angry people who like say shit about, you know, how tarot isn't real. <laughs> right. And you're just going to be like, fuck it. I don't care. I believe it. Right. So I'm going to do it anyways. Like I know that that might trigger my nervous system. And because I know how to tend to my nervous system now. Right. I've noticed the signs of like my heartbeat racing, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to do the thing anyways. And if those fears do come up to like fruition, right, if people do want to comment negatively and bring bad vibes, then I have a strategy in place, right? I'm just going to be able, I'm, I'll be fine, right? And having the strategy in place comes out to number two of the strategy that you want to master is worst case scenarios then. And this is to figure out what your worst case scenario is, whatever the situation is. And honestly, probably it's going to be either death or it's going to be a feeling, right? Feeling of failure, feeling of guilt, feeling of shame, regret, worthiness, etc. And figure out how you're going to deal with it. So my thing is honestly, I feel really good that I can actually say this, but I feel really unafraid of death. Like I'm just not really that afraid of dying. Obviously there's fear of like pain and torture like beforehand, like that would really suck and not be like not be comfortable at all. And uh, that would really, really suck, right? <laughs> but the actual death part, I'm like, okay, well then you're dead, right? So a lot of times our brains like to be dramatic and it's like, oh my gosh, like if we like wear this outfit and somebody calls us fat, we're gonna like die. Right? It's like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna die if like this happens. And it's like, okay, bitch, like first you won't die if someone says something to you. But also, even if you did, you'd be dead. And that's fine. <laughs> you feel me? Like, it's fine. Okay, so even if you die under a bridge and no one finds your body, like, you're dead. 
you can't care about it anymore. You literally do not have the capacity. Your like consciousness just goes back up into the universal consciousness and then maybe gets reborn or like does whatever the consciousness does, okay? But you, your physical body, your ability to even care, your ability to have a nervous system and be in fear or like whatever and to worry and have a brain literally goes away. So there's no reason to be afraid of like the actual death part. Which brings me to most of the times, the worst case scenario is actually just a feeling. And that's like, okay, going, like, if you have to move back home with your parents and you feel like, a, like you know, the reason why that sucks so much is because you probably feel like a failure or you're like shitting on yourself or you're getting criticized and like people are like, see, I told you you couldn't do it. And you're telling yourself that, right? And that feels like shit. So that's why I feel so bad. But if you understand that it's just a feeling, you get to decide what you're going to do with it right how you're gonna approach it you get to decide to not shame yourself to feel like a success anyways to not let that stop you from living your dreams um one of the coaches in my mastermind like she was talking about how her worst case scenario is like she loses everything and her entire family with her two kids like all are living under a bridge and they don't have anything and she's like okay well the first thing that she would do is like go find a job doing anything whether it's like cleaning toilets or like like literally whatever the fuck it is um and the first thing she would buy would be blankets to make sure that i don't freeze to death and then she would you know xyz like she had this whole plan out for it and i'm like okay if you have that if you have this like worst case scenario plan and you like run it through whenever that thought pops up you're like okay i'm gonna be fine right because what she has like that is the biggest factor of why that can happen is that she has her brain and she has this resiliency that she's going to be able to be okay anyways like she's going to figure shit out that ability to know that you can figure shit out even when you don't know what's going to happen that is how you stay grounded in uncertainty my friends if you always know that you will figure shit out because you don't have to know what's going to happen you don't have to have this guarantee you will find yourself being able to take massive action constantly and consistently. You're gonna be able to like honestly, truly just live. So going back to my example with the social media thing, like if you post something and somebody says something negative, right? That first step was like, okay, just do the thing anyways and kind of like deal with the consequences later and just trust that you're gonna be able to figure it out, right? That second part of worst case scenario is then is to know that, okay, if someone does comment like really hateful things and you don't want it on your on your feed that's fine you can delete them you can block them that's it right you have a strategy in place and because you know you have these abilities to kind of keep you safe to tend to your nervous system to really be aligned with like what is it that you want and who are you and like how you want to show up right you can make those decisions ahead of time when you're in like a more clear-minded state where you feel grounded and safe and you're not in this like frantic energy so that if you find yourself in that situation where you are triggered like that you're like, okay, this was my plan, right? This is what I can do to help tend to my nervous system. And the third piece of it all was make making the belief that you can't stronger than the fear that you can't. So that is also known as just genuine self-confidence. And the way to de develop that is mostly through thought work and then through the other first two things, right? The more you develop the courage to do things anyways, because you know that you can handle fear the more you will become unafraid and the more that you will develop this belief that you do not have to be afraid, right? You will develop this belief that you can do things, that you can just be yourself, that you can say what's on your mind, that you can like 
you know, quit your job and start your own business or completely change niches or ask the guy out and, you know, or like leave a relationship. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to find another relationship, right? Like the more that you do the first two things of knowing what you're afraid of and developing the courage to do it anyways, and having worst case scenarios in, the stronger this third one is going to easily just come with it as long as you can be mindful of it, right? <laughs> um, of like, that means, make those situations mean that you can have more confidence in yourself, right? That you are resilient, that you're gonna be able to figure things out anyways, right? Now, here's the caveat of like, why I said you, you just have to be a little bit more mindful about it. You have to like intentionally make those decisions of doing things because like, even though you're afraid anyways, you have to intentionally make that situation mean, like that is evidence for how you are a confident person, how you are somebody who doesn't let fear stop them, right? Because you can also easily do the thing that you're afraid of anyways, from a place of you think you should, or you think that that's better, or you think that, you know, in order to be accepted, that is what like you have to portray. It's almost more um, performative, and you could also be coming and approaching worst case scenarios in from this place of fear state of like hypervigilance where you have to prepare for every possible thing that goes wrong ahead of time so that you feel like you have control over the situation versus developing it from this place where it's not about the situation, it's about developing the confidence that you're gonna be able to be okay and that you're gonna figure it out. And if, even if you're not okay, like that you can be okay with that situation, right? Um, that's the shift of intention that you need to be mindful of so that you can develop genuine self-confidence. Otherwise, like that third piece is just not gonna come through. And it, it's it's going to be more like hypervigilance masked as confidence, masked as unafraidness. So in order to understand like what is what are the beliefs that you actually need to develop and like practice until they become truth for you are going back to identifying what is it that you're really afraid of and tending to those fears so worthiness right that you're afraid of rejection because that's going to mean that you don't have anything valuable to say that you that you are just an inherently uninteresting person okay develop the belief that you are an interesting person anyways right that you have a really interesting perspective that you light up every room that you go into that you always have something to add, that you are really good with conversation, that if you say something and it flubs, that you're always going to be able to have your own back anyways, that you don't have to necessarily speak in order to be interesting, that you know you being yourself is enough. And you can see like how you can get into like this huge um, spiral, like a good spiral of thinking these positive thoughts about you that are true and can build genuine confidence and allow you to be unafraid right because if someone were to tell you like you're uninteresting but you're like bitch no i'm hella interesting i live a really incredible life um i don't know what the hell you're talking about then you don't have to be afraid of someone saying that right just like how you can be afraid of rejection because you believe that you're never gonna be able to be with anybody else or anyone just as good and you're gonna die alone and you're gonna be unhappy and you're not gonna be lovable 
um, right? And you make all these mean, all these things. You can develop the belief that you're lovable anyways and that you are such a loving and generous person and such a caring person that of course other people are going to want to be in your orbit. That um, you deserve the love that you want to receive. That you uh, are unafraid to ask for what you want and you're unafraid to leave uh, situations that don't serve you, that don't bring you to the highest good, that don't elevate you, that don't allow you to um, elevate the other person, right? And the more that you believe that that is the truth and not this like fear-based truth, then the easier it is for you to have courage to do, to like do things like leave relationships or not start relationships um, that don't feel aligned with what it is that you actually want. To hold a frequency of what it is that you're trying to call in and only accepting exactly what it is that you really want. And to know that worst case scenario, right, you die, you die alone cool doesn't mean that you didn't love doesn't mean that you didn't have a great life doesn't mean that you didn't have people who cared about you right um so you can see how if you have these strong beliefs of your truths that empower you that inspire you that are helpful for you to get what you really want then that's going to be make all the difference in your ability to be unafraid all right, friends, here's the thing. A lot of time fear shows up in scarcity as well and in the scarcity and lack mindset where there's never enough and you don't ever have enough and you always need more. And that is going to be a really big focus in the Solopreneur Collective where we're going to uncouple all these beliefs and develop strategies for you to be unafraid and allow you to basically run a year-long experiment in a container that is held to the frequency of you being your truest self, you holding... Um, your authentic desires and being able to create a really abundant, loving, free life that is true to you. So if you want to go deeper into those things and have the support, applications are open now and they close on September 19th. We start September 22nd on the autumn equinox. So it's coming up really soon. So if this calls to you, make sure you get your application in. I want you to be able to be unapologetically you and to be unafraid to live a truth that is authentic to you. So start breaking away from all those illusions of scarcity, of fear, and decondition yourself from society's version of success, legitimacy, good enoughness, productivity, etc, etc, etc. You can start now, obviously, using what you learned in this podcast today. But also, if you want some more guidance and keep yourself inspired, motivated, seen, validated, all the things, and held in a really loving container, definitely check out the Solopreneur Collective. The link will be in the show notes, and I will see you next time. Bye. Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode or any of these past episodes on this podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you would give me a review either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever platform that you're using, and just let me know what your honest thoughts are about this podcast. You are the reason why I keep showing up for these things and why I love what I do. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. And of course, if you feel like anyone else can benefit from this, if you have a friend, family member, coworker, who you think that this podcast could help, I'd really appreciate you sharing it with them and spreading the love.